when we were in Ohio, do you remember when we were in Ohio? And I said, well, how long have you been up and why didn't you invite me down to breakfast? And he said, well, I've been up all night because I got so excited about what we could possibly do. Yeah. That I started walking around the building in wherever that was, Toledo? Yeah, Toledo, Ohio. City. You started walking around the building. And I knew it was because you had all those coffee drinks. And yet you've told me that you don't drink coffee drinks anymore. But I knew that's what it was. Hello, and welcome to the summer session of the Admissions Director's Lunchcast. I'm your host, Nathan Ament, Vice President for Enrollment and Dean of Admission at Knox College in Galesburg, Illinois. And I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Teej Matil, Director of Enrollment Success at EnrollML. Tiggy, how are you this fine summer day? Oh my gosh, Nathan, I'm here in July. The water park is pumping. The heat is bearing down. It's the best summer. Those two days, those two days in Wisconsin where the heat is bearing <laughs> down. Yeah. Well, good. Uh, are we going to just blow over the title change or are you going to actually give me a hard time about it? I didn't notice. I wish I I wish I had learned you got a new job before we were recording this podcast. But congratulations. Uh, Knox and Galesburg is lucky to have you. Yeah. Awkward that we have to find out this way. But I suppose this is why <laughs> this is why we do the podcast. All right. Well, as always, our summer session are the extended cuts of mm -hmm, the mm -hmm. previous season. So for this, it would be season five, right, Tej? And we have a special one that we're saving for the end here oh, for the last episode. My goodness. We've been holding on to this audio since March. I, I, I don't want to spoil it. So hashtag no spoilers. But the fourth episode of the summer session is something really cool. I would even call it a professional highlight of my career. But that's all we'll say for now. Just know the last Tuesday in July, we've got something special. Yeah, it, it's very special and it was a lot of fun to record. So, all right. Well, I think that's enough opening banter for, for us. Um, we are going to get out of the way so you can listen to this extended cut on our summer session. I have the honor and privilege of introducing Teej Mateo and Nathan Ament, uh, both of whom are longtime admission leaders. And in 2021, they started the Admissions Directors Lunchcast, a podcast that addresses issues and challenges in our profession uh, that you can digest in about an hour over lunch, which I think is really neat. Um, I had uh, the opportunity to meet them when I served as a guest um, for their podcast, and as we were talking, and we were done, and they said, hey, just so you know, your episode will drop March 14th. Oh, wait, that's during our conference. That's pretty cool. <laughs> so the episode, episode 34, uh, that I'm a part of did drop this morning, um, and we will share that if people want to listen. Um, but from that conversation, they were like, hey, like, we would love to participate in the conference and maybe do something. And since we are shattering the status quo, this is not a regular keynote. This is actually an episode of that podcast 
that will uh, air at a later date. So please join me in welcoming Tej and Nathan, the admissions directors of the show. Oh my goodness, hello everybody, hello! I'm terrible with stages and chairs, so I won't stay put. But we I'm are- I'm not, I'm good, with, I'm good with chairs. Can I sit in the chair, Teach? Yes, okay, please good. do. Good. We are so excited to have you at the Admissions Director's Lunchcast Live. This is the first taping, it may be the first podcast taping at an ACAC conference, actually, now that I think about it. Yes, yes. So, um, again, we are so happy to be here in Toledo and talking about shattering the status quo. We have a lot of fun things lined up for you, but Nathan, I'm going to throw it to you first. So our podcast, um, if you've listened to it, every episode begins with a simple proposal. We offer the most productive lunch meeting that you will take all week. Yeah, every, every season we take on eight topics, each focused on admissions and recruitment. Our hope is that by the end of the hour, you, the listener, will be able to somehow adopt tactics that maybe you adopt even that afternoon. Our profession is full of insights from both sides of the desk, and that's why on every high school, in every corner of campus, in every high school, and yes, even the exhibit hall here at conferences. So each week we bring two guests, one influencer and one practitioner to discuss something currently vexing our profession. Yes, so here's what we have in store for you. Help us, I'm gonna explain the challenge we had. We have a podcast, it's an audio only medium, very calm NPR style tonal quality, usually meant to distract you while you're stuck on the stair climber at Planet Fitness or like in traffic on the way to work. <laughs> and yet we also have to be your high energy closing keynote and kind of bridge those two things um, together. So here's what we're doing first, we're recording this. All of the audio in the microphones are being recorded. So if you take the microphone to ask a question, more on that later, just know that it will be published on July 25th as part of our summer session. We have three guests that we found from right here in Ohio ACAC that can talk about the topics that we have for you. And we're gonna ask each of them a few questions. One from Nathan, one from me, and then the third one will come from you in the audience. So as Nathan is sitting and not moving on the chair, I will be wandering around with a microphone. So as the guests are answering the first couple questions, I'll be looking for someone, anyone, who might ask them the third question. And let me tell you, if nobody asks the third question, it will be so awkward as we all just stare back at you for two minutes, okay? So and he loves that. awkward. Like, he will make you sit here for two minutes. So yes. please volunteer. So in today's theme, what we're talking about on this episode of the LunchCast is shattering the status quo. It works well with the conference theme, of course, but it's so easy to think of that just in like the big picture things that have to happen, right? But there are big moments and small moments and moments in between where each of us will have the opportunity to push a boundary and shatter the status quo to make things a better experience for our students. And that's what our three guests are gonna talk about. Now, Nathan and I are both very Midwestern, uh, very humble. I, I like to think I'm the best at being humble. Thank you, thank you for the laughter. Um, but I wanna just tell you a little bit about why Nathan is such a perfect person to be hosting these conversations. And this is where it gets awkward in a hurry. <laughs> so Nathan Ament is currently the Vice President of Enrollment Management at Loyola University, New Orleans. But he has a lot of admissions experience, so it was a long drive for him to get here, a long trip, and a lot of snow <laughs> that he had forgotten about, right? So that was good. 
Uh, but his experiences before that are at St. Mary's University in Winona, George Williams College, Lawrence University, and I'm sorry, Northern Michigan University, and Augustana College in Illinois. And teach. I'm not done. Anyway, so Nathan, as you'll pick up from the conversation, has a very calm, like, relaxing tone, and I've personally watched him with some of the most um, anxious students in the college admissions process, uh, female sopranos auditioning for a music conservatory, right? And to bring a level of calm and reassurance in those moments is a special talent he has. Are you done? No. Nope, not done. Okay. Also, what I'm most proud about Nathan, and again, this is why he works so well for this topic, is the status quo shattering work he did at his current institution. So when the pandemic came on, many institutions, many of us probably here, had an opportunity to take our college test optional for the first time, right, out of necessity. No one could criticize us, nobody could be angry at us, it was just something we could do. Maybe at institutions that otherwise wouldn't be ready to do that. And that path of least resistance was certainly available to Nathan, but because Nathan, what the decision had to run through him, he took the opportunity and he pushed his institution further, farther, faster than it was otherwise going to go and made it a test-blind institution during the pandemic and continues. Yes, let's, you can cheer for that. That's fantastic. So not only did that shatter the status quo for the applicants to that particular institution, which is great, all of whom now get a message from Loyola University that the tests do not need to mean what you think they mean. They do not have to define you in that way. Nathan took criticism for that. But he didn't just stop there, right? He not only pushed his institution, he put himself out there. You can Google Nathan's name and find the news articles where he put himself out on the national stage to be one of the leading voices, not just to take his institution test blind, but to encourage and give more of us the opportunity and the ammunition to take that forward to our own campuses. So Nathan is the leading voice on the test blind movement and has his own experience shattering the status quo. And now, Nathan, I'm done. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's really hard for a Midwesterner to hear all that, but thank you, Teej. I really appreciate it. Uh, so Teej is no slouch himself. He is, I consider myself to be Midwestern. Teej is purely Wisconsin, like pure, <laughs> pure Wisconsin, and we love it. So we first met when we were at Lawrence University up in Appleton, Wisconsin. We worked together on our staff there, and that's where our friendship formed. He also has experience at Northland College. He has experience at Carroll University. And he also did a short stint as an interim at DePaul University in Indiana, which is basically Wisconsin of the South, right? <laughs> um, so he also is very, very active in ACAC. So he's a past president of the Wisconsin ACAC organization. Um, he's gone through the cycle at least once or twice and kind of did a couple parachute in when somebody resigned, he filled in um, at the last minute. He also, with NACAC, he was on the Government Relations Committee. He's currently on a sabbatical Not a on, sabbatical. on Not the a sabbatical. vendor side with Enroll ML. If you can all badger him, there's a Wisconsin reference for you, um, <laughs> oh into God. maybe going back to the campus side because we need him on the campus side. But anyway, he's currently with Enroll ML as their director of enrollment success, and he's leading a research project which is doing a process deconstruction on the yield process at 50 different college campuses, which I think is really, really cool. He recently held a national webinar on the Great Resignation, um, which is affecting all of us in this room, and is, that webinar helped hundreds of people. Um, so if you can, please give a round of applause to my co-host, Teej Matil. Thank you.
Nathan, I forgot to ask them to applause for you, but that's okay. We don't. We won't go back for it. Okay. Right. Uh, so I've been so fortunate. I've been here. I arrived in Toledo on Saturday. There was no snow before I came. You're welcome for that one. Um, but I've been so fortunate to be all over this conference at sessions, at the keynotes. I didn't go to the zoo. I just I don't have the energy for that. So I apologize for that. But I heard so many great things about it. But also, I have appreciated so much the very warm welcome from everyone here at Ohio ACAC when they asked the question of like, where are you from? What are you doing here? You've all been so kind. And we found three great examples of professionals right here in this room that are shattering the status quo every day with tangible experiences that they can share. I think each of us can learn something from them, and I'm so excited. Let's meet the first guest right now. Sure, Teach. So our first guest is the college counselor at St. Edward High School. She has previous experience at Ohio University as a community partnerships manager, also in admissions. She worked at College Now, which is an AmeriCorps college guide. Alicia Watts, welcome to the stage. Hi, Alicia. All right, here we go. Let's make sure the mic works. Does it work? Is it on? Oh, okay, yeah. Okay, perfect. Perfection. All right, since we're recording, we have to be kind of official. So, Alicia, welcome to the lunch game. Oh, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. All right, so my first question is, how have you and your coworkers shattered the status quo? And I, I think the way I understand it, you've worked a little bit with a company called Loper. Yes, I have. And if anyone was at my session literally 20 minutes ago, yes, they heard all about it. Um, no, so just like a little background. So I work... It is an all-boy Catholic high school. So if you can only imagine 900 teenage boys and getting them to really get involved in this college process is so fun. Um, no, but we are really big fans of Loper. We've uh, started using it literally when they kind of, we met Sam and Eric. I know Sam just walked in here um, a year ago. And how we have, how we use it with the boys is you know, we have them go through that process where it's an app and it allows for you to kind of, you know, take smaller sections of different things. Like, are what is most important to you? Like, is it the major? Is it having diversity? Is it being a bigger school, a smaller school? Whatever it is. Um, and I think how it's helping us shattering the status quo is just helping our boys really, you know, look beyond like the names and the typical colleges that they see playing football on a Saturday or, you know, we're in March. So in March Madness and really opening their eyes to all the different opportunities and in different institutions because there are so many great institutions out there that I think just aren't as well known. Um, and I think for us, it's really just kind of allowing for them to also take a little control mm. of the process themselves sure. as well, right? I think it's really easy for us as counselors, at least for me, to try to not to take control of them, but they're teenage boys. You gotta nudge them a little, but also it really does allow for them um, to take some real ownership of it. And I think that is so, so, so important is allowing them to take that ownership within it. Um, but I even think, even outside of Loper, I think, you know, I've got some great colleagues, some great administrators that we really try to do get new ideas and do new things. And like we do a parent happy hour called College Conversations, um, where we bring in different speakers and different college reps and it's a happy hour. So the parents, you know, we're talking about paying for college and who doesn't want to drink when talking about paying for college. Um, but it allows for us to also bring the parents in because in the end it really is, it's a family decision, right? It's a family process, so. How have they not thought of that in Louisiana? Like, we drink all the time. I, I know. <laughs> You're in like, New Orleans. What are you now, doing? Folks, really, I, wow, that's crazy. <laughs> I'm going to take that back to our school yes. counselor, Fountain Blue High School. Yes. So. It's, it's so, it's, 
I mean, it started before. I've only been there for four years. They started it before I even came. Mm. It's a great. It's just a. It's a fun program. It allows for us to get to know our parents yeah, a little bit more, and also in that different aspect of. You know, you have the parents in a meeting or when their kid gets denied and they're a little mad at you, even though there's nothing you could do about it. Right. But this allows for us to really connect with our parents as well. That's a great idea. Yeah. All right. Our great. second question is out there for teach. Yes, Alicia, here I am with the second question. And then I'll be looking for the third question from the room. So make eye contact with me if you have one. But the second question, Alicia, in what ways do you and your colleagues at St. Edward High School hope to continue kind of shattering the status quo and pushing the boundaries for students? Yeah, I think so. I think the biggest thing that we're really trying to do and that we hope to do is just, you know, really getting involved with additional companies or programs like Loper, um, but just kind of really keeping our minds open through things. Um, I think it's very easy to kind of stay in the same process and to get stuck in the same process. Um, but I think, you know, what we're really just trying to do is just to continue to allow these students to take some ownership. And then I think, um, you know, for us is getting more involved, you know, like I'm involved in OACAC, but just staying involved um, even with the colleges and on advisory boards and all those things. Um, and then I think another thing that we find really important is because for us we are predominantly white institution high school, I think what we're really trying to also focus on as well is really making sure that our uh, multicultural students feel involved, especially because sometimes they're the students that do not get as involved in the process as well. Um, so that is including with our VP of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion, and really trying to create more programming around that as well. Um, just because I feel like sometimes, you know, you, you have your typical students who are always, they do it all and they're in your office 24-7, but then taking, whether they're multicultural, lower income, or students who just don't think that they have, are gonna have that opportunity to go to college, creating programming, what that is, I would love ideas. Um, exactly, I would love some ideas, but creating more programming that is I'll really focus on first gen, um, you know, all those different populations that can really use that extra help. Thank you, Alicia. And something wild happened. All of a sudden, people stopped looking at me when I said make eye contact. But my friend Gabe here, Alicia, has the final question for you. So Gabe, introduce yourself and ask the question. Great. Hi, Alicia. Gabe Hi, Lomelli, Gabe. University of Toledo. Uh, can you think of an experience with a college or university that you had uh, that, that broke, uh, that shattered the status quo? Great question. Great question. Great question. Gabe. Thank you. Okay, Gabe, really? Um, <laughs> hold on, I gotta think about this. Okay, no, you know what? So I will, I don't even know if he's in the room, and I think this was a little different, and I don't necessarily know if this is shattering the status quo, so I'm sorry, Gabe. Um, but is Colin Palmer in the room? I know he's here earlier. I don't think he's, oh, he how dare he? Yeah. Okay. Well, well you can talk about him more. I'm gonna yeah, talk about perfect. him, right? <laughs> no, I think something that I experienced when he was at University of Toledo that I always thought was, and he and I have known each other for a very long time, but he um, included me in a search process for a couple new positions just to get um, just to get the feedback from a school counselor. And I thought that was, I've never really seen that before and I don't know how many high school counselors get to sit on a board of, you know, like let's interview people and, you know, help handpick whoever that new, those it's new people idea. are for the jobs. Yeah, and it's, it was super cool. Um, I do think part of it was, you know, one, I've known him for a long time and two, because 
they were remote positions and I had been a remote worker um, when I worked at Ohio University. But I think that is that was just the first thing that came to me. And you just by chance, you know, work at Toledo now too. So, you know. <laughs> I was like, but that was the first thing that really has come to mind is just, and I would encourage all of you, like, if you're going to be looking for new admissions people, like, hey, reach out to your high school, your counselors and all of that and really form those relationships. Because I will tell you right now, from working on the other side to now working on this side, there's just something so, so special um, about having those real connections with each other where you can just, where when we're at OACAC and we're connecting and we're having fun or just like when I can just shoot one of you an email or a call and being like, hey, I got the student, I've got some questions, how can you help, um, is super important. Alicia, thank you. What everybody here doesn't know is just two hours ago, I accidentally lied to you and said, don't worry, you're not first. I know. And I, I screwed that up. So let's hear, please give a round, a round of applause for breaking through. Thank you. No, don't turn it around. All right, so our second guest, who you thought was our first guest and maybe our third guest, but is actually our second guest, is our director of admission at Ursuline College, who actually went to summer seminar with our last guest. Please welcome Emily Haggard. All right, Emily, welcome to the lunch cast. Hi, hello. All right, so I understand you've got a radical approach to staff development. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so, and I, I look around the room and a lot of this is gonna be preaching to the choir, um, but I think that this is so important to put words behind, but really intentionally cross-training your staff. Taking those times to get exposure to first-year recruitment, transfer recruitment, graduate recruitment, Certificates, online, post-baccalaureate. What does that look like at your institution? Can your people walk into any scenario and have that conversation in a meaningful way? And I think, especially as a small private institution, we do that out of necessity, right? You know, in some ways that's a survival mechanism for us, but really using those moments, and even beyond just recruitment, you know, are your counselors inside your CRM? Are they learning about um, vendor relationships? Some of my most meaningful moments were shadowing vendor calls with the previous director, mm. and that was such an eye-opening experience for me. Sure, I wasn't talking much on that call, but I'm sitting there, I'm soaking it in, and then when it's my moment to have those conversations, I'm able to step forward and bring that moment into life. And so really being intentional about what you're doing within your department, mm -hmm. but also thinking about the rest of your campus. Can your staff, and I'm, when I say staff, I mean top down, from your VPs to your admins to your processing staff. Are they involved on committees on campus? Are they building those bridges? Um, you know, are they able to talk about athletics? Are they doing credit evaluations? Because guess what? All your first year students with all their CCP credits, they're practically transfer students and they <laughs> need those same resources. So your staff need those same resources. Um, so really being mindful about that cross-training within your institution, cross-training outside your institution. You know, one thing I think that is a challenge for higher ed people is we are really good at looking inside our industry, but we don't always look outside of our industry for that inspiration. And so really taking it all in from anywhere that you can get that information. 
I agree, and I, ironically, uh, vendor uh, meetings are a hot topic on the podcast, right, they are. Deej? They are indeed. That we always say never turn down a vendor meeting at all, and I, I love that you, you've you been shadowing that because that is huge um, to be able to learn as much as you can. The other thing that I've done is I've invited directors, associate directors on our weekly calls with, uh, we use RNL as our leveraging partner, as our optimization partner for financial aid. That's how I learned 15 years ago when I was at Lawrence University, so I echo that. I echo that for sure. Tej, our second question. Yes, I'm Emily. I'm over here, and uh, then I'll be looking for the third the third question from someone. But the follow up I have is: How does this approach that you take with staff development uh, pertain to Ohio ACAC or other outside involvement opportunities? Yeah. So, you know, I I know that not every office has that opportunity or privilege to really dig deeply into other aspects of enrollment management, um, and so. These are the moments to leverage OACAC. You know, these are the moments to peek inside a different institution, hear more about how are you doing this, um, take advantage of those committees that are happening here at the state level, the national level, um, to really see a different side. You know, maybe you, you're not involved in the budgeting process at your institution, but you could be part of the budgeting process over here. And, you know, use these as professional development opportunities to really enhance the skills that you can not only just add to your resume, but bring back to your institution. And I also really encourage people, you know, look around the room, look around, you know, think back to all the, the people that you interacted with during this conference. Those are the people, those are the institutions that are going to pour into you as you pour into this industry. And knowing that not everyone has that privilege to be here this weekend, to come to these conferences. And not every institution is supportive of that. And so knowing who those partners are, knowing where those safe spaces are, and really leaning into the opportunities that you have here in the state. And it's beyond just OACAC. I know for me, I got really involved initially with AICUO, which is a, um, a group of the private colleges here in the state. And that's really where I started my journey with um, getting involved on committees. And so all those things layer together and really can lead to such a, a beautiful hybrid of the experiences that you can bring forward. Absolutely. Excellent. Thank you, Emily. And we do have another question, this one from my friend Meredith. Here you go. Hi, I'm Meredith Graham with CollegeWise. Internal promotions versus external hires. What's your thought about an ideal balance between those two approaches? Great question. Oh, man. Well, Lord knows. Ain't we always hiring? <laughs> Woo! Man, all sides of the desk. I think that, you know, there's, there's always, it is a balance, just like you said, Meredith. You know, you have to look to your people, your staff, and you have to be thinking before that position opens. You want to be cultivating that person for that position before that position is there for them. So that when that moment comes, sure, it can be a very scary jump at times. Lord knows, like, I've had some of the best experiences by saying yes to things when I was really not <laughs> feeling yes on the inside. And, um, you know, embracing that uncertainty, that uncomfortableness is really important in this industry. So I think you have to think about 
How am I preparing people for that next step, whether that's here or elsewhere? Um, you know, how am I building some sort of um, you know, pipeline within our own institution? Um, but then also, you know, there's a lot of value in bringing in new voices and new opinions, especially at a small institution. You know, we have a small purview. And like Alicia, you know, we're a women's college. We are a very different approach than most of you guys in this room, and that's okay. And so what you're doing, what you're seeing is important input to ways that we can pivot and move forward in a new direction, a new light. So it always is a little bit of both at the end of the day. Well, Emily, thank you so much for joining. You were willing to be the first, even though you were not. So let's hear it for Emily. Thank you. All right, our final guest is the Assistant Director of College Advising, and I know you can, in Columbus, Ohio, and she's been working her way up, starting as Administrative Assistant after earning her BS and Master's of Ed from Wright State University. Welcome to the stage, Angela you, thank I, you. I love your shirt. Thank you. I, <laughs> I just got it made. Shout out to my colleague Shannon Taylor. Thank you. Oh, that's great. That's great. All right. So you told us when we were doing a little bit of the preamble, you told us you were working with your team to leverage intentionality to achieve equity. Can you tell us just a little bit more about that? Absolutely. So for starters, just to give you all some background on I Know I Can, we are located in Central Ohio and we serve four school districts currently. So we are in Columbus City Schools, Southwestern, Whitehall and Reynoldsburg City Schools, providing college and career access and advising for our students. So when we think about the work we do, we think about being intentional and authentic with our students. So intentionality does lead to equity for us. So one-on-one -on -one advising is a very strong emphasis that we do with our students. We wanna make sure that we're meeting them where they are so that way we can push them to the next level. We are working to inspire them, inspire them to um, make sure we're connecting because being intentional for our students is very important to us because we know that outside of the school walls and outside in the world that things can get a little choppy and can get a little different. So they lean on us and we lean back into them to um, focus on our relationships to make sure that students feel appreciated and valued in the work that we do. We also are on a lot of advisory boards so that way we can get information from you all to make sure we're giving our students that on-time information because students need to know what you guys are doing and new initiatives that you all are promoting. And then lastly, we are in the second year of an amazing program called the Columbus Promise, which is very intentional to provide access for all of our students. So with that program, it is the city of Columbus, Columbus City Schools, um, Columbus State Community College and I know I can all came together to say how can we address multiple barriers that our students face to make sure that post-secondary options are viable for all of our students. So students in Columbus City Schools are able to attend Columbus State Community College regardless of citizenship status, regardless of your financial situation, regardless of your academic performance. If your desire is to go to school and earn some type of post-secondary credential, we are in the work of making that happen for you. Great, that sounds like a lot of work. Yes. <laughs> it definitely is, it definitely is. Angela, as you're, do, as you're working with students, I'm thinking of the rest of us in the room, um, school counselors, college side, what can the rest of us do to be partners and how can we um, ensure that we're being intentional in our pursuit of equity as well? 
Absolutely. So again, this is preaching to the choir. You all know that we have to be, again, intentional with recruiting our students. So when you all go out to do your rep visits in our high schools, try to make sure we're spreading the wealth, right? We're going to every school, not just the college prep schools or not just the high achieving schools, but we're seeing students at every level because we, we're not sure what potential we'll tap into when we go into those vis visits. We don't know what light bulb you all may spark in a student that you didn't think may qualify to get into your institution. So just thinking about students with different experiences, not just that typical profile of the college athlete or the student with a 4.2 and a 30 ACT, but students who may have to work from home sometimes or have a job after school so they can participate in all those extracurricular activities because they also can provide a different perspective to your campus. So just think about the value and celebrate those students when they get there because they also have so much to bring to your campus and from a different lens than the typical profile that you're looking for. Excellent, and we do have a third question from Thomas, if you can introduce yourself and ask your question. Hi Angela, Thomas Giles coming from St. Charles Preparatory School. You mentioned being on <clears throat> a high school council advisory boards. Can you share what impact you have found and your team has found from serving on advisory boards across the state? Absolutely, thank you, Thomas. So it has been a wonderful experience being on advisory boards because we're able to bring that student voice, right? You guys want to meet with students. You want to know what the happenings are. You want to know what's going on at the high school level. And we're kind of like the gatekeepers of what's going on with those students. So we're, a lot, we're able to bring student voice into those meetings. So then now you know what your students are looking for, what their interests may be. And not only are you helping us, but then we can also get information from you. So then it's like we know kind of the ins and outs and the secrets of your different institutions. So we can bring that information back to our students to kind of fill that gap with the fit and match and make sure that it's a good fit for the campus that they may go to after um, high school. Angela, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you, Angela. Thank you. Well, Tiggy. It's Nathan, it's Tej. Oh, yeah, that's right. Listen to the podcast and you'll get that inside joke. I had to slip it in there. Come on, I had to slip it in there. Uh, that's all the time that we have today. Um, we are really would love for you to join us. As Marion said, his episode dropped today. Um, they literally drop at five o'clock uh, every Tuesday morning, um, and we have a really great lineup this season. The theme this season, Tej, I'll let you say it because it's your theme, right? Yeah, we don't have a theme. No, I'm Come kidding. On. No, the, the theme this season, we re reached out to all of the presidents, past presidents, and presidents elect of the ACACs. Uh, a lot of topics about post-COVID stuff, how things have changed. Um, and a lot of discussions about how to get involved and move forward in your ACAC. Yeah, so I had to put a little plug in there for season five. Um, but based on our conversations, we expect that many of you hopefully will be reaching out to us on the conversations that we've had over the course of this. Uh, Tej has been here for two days now. Mm -hmm. um, we'd love for you to be on the podcast and we take everybody and we want to have these conversations for sure. Um, so we'd love to have you on future seasons for sure. Yeah. Oh, oh no. I got not the so end far yet. ahead. I'm sorry. So far so, ahead. As we're wrapping up and moving towards a presidential transition here for Ohio ACAC, it is important in that moment to celebrate the work coming before Marion. And Marion, I've been there. The work is coming. There's a lot, a lot coming. 
But also, as Nathan mentioned, not only was I involved in the, the President's Cycle at WACAC, but before that, I was involved in several different committees. I was on the conference planning committee. My job one year was to find sponsors. Ooh, not the fun one, right? <laughs> or get session proposals. I was on the Government Relations Committee. And what I love about that, <clears throat> and what I found, was every single committee, every event here at Ohio ACAC, or the other organizations like Emily mentioned, is an opportunity to make an impact in the profession. And when you do that, you're impacting students that you'll never meet, right? And you're changing just your little corner of the world ever, ever so slightly. And I really want to encourage you to do that. We all can take our turn and should take our turn in service to the profession. Ohio ACAC is a great venue to do that. There are others. But to make sure to push outside of your office and your, your specific job description when you can, when you have the energy and the, and, and the time to do so, it's important work. And that's how we can together work on shattering the status quo. I mean, we're really every day pouring everything we have into the work, right? Um, I have endless conversations um, about things that maybe are not as, that I originally thought I'd be talking about, net tuition revenue, <laughs> right? Um, things like that. Um, but, and sometimes it's very easy um, to meet resistance and meet folks that say, eh, this works well enough, or our students don't like it this way. And I really, really encourage you to push against that um, so that we can continue to shatter the status quo. Um, even maybe shattering lunchroom visits. <laughs> Right, teach. <laughs> yeah, I've got a clap. Yeah, that's an oldie but a goodie. I can't believe they're still around. Anyway, um, but those are the things that pull us away um, from our mission, and you need to continue to push up on that. Yeah, so when you feel that pull away from your mission, whether it's your institutional mission or just your personal mission, right? Like what is driving you in the work that you do? I mean, none of us are here, none of us signed up for these jobs because of the money, right? Like there's something else that is pulling you here. And when you get the opportunity to push the boundary to make things better, do it. Like that's why we're here. And we can do that collectively more effectively. We can come together. I have been pushing for a decade or more about ACAC involvement, getting involved in these committees. Again, there are other avenues, but when you do that, when you join a committee or start a task force or just a specific project with a few colleagues, you can get involved in different ways. And not only will you find friends for the next travel season or friends who will say, this is a lunchroom visit, let's move on, <laughs> or even friends to start a goofy little podcast with, you'll find that when you step outside of your office. But more importantly, you will find new and different ways to make an improvement in this process for students that otherwise isn't available to you when you're just working in your office. We need each other to push us forward. When Nathan took his institution test blind, I promise you, because I took those calls, he was relying on his friends to like buck him up as he faced what was, of course, going to be criticism. There's a lot of people that don't like test blind, right? There's a lot of really entrenched interests that would push back against that. I had a similar experience myself. I published an op-ed in Inside Higher Ed, get this, arguing for more government restriction or regulations on college financing. So that was not popular. Um, I, but again, before you, I press submit on that, I called up my friends that I had met in different involvement opportunities to kind of make sure like, okay, we're doing the right thing. This is where we're going. And you can do that for each other and you can be that for other people. 
So in order to push against the momentum for status quo, we ask you to stand up, and this is where he's going to be dramatic. He wants me to <laughs> literally stand up, and I'm yeah. standing up, and we need to link arms together and push forward. Yes, as Nathan said, I like a dramatic ending, right? I, and this is entirely scripted. But I'm going to ask, <laughs> I, I'm going to ask each of us, everyone in this room, to make a commitment to each other. Now, this is an audio medium. If we all recited a pledge, picture how that plays back. It sounds very cult-like, so we're not doing that. No, we're not, we're not doing, doing that. that. Yeah. No, no <laughs> pledge. It sounds weird. But if you are prepared, this is my challenge to you, if you are prepared in this room to accept a call from anyone else in Ohio ACAC who has an idea on something to do to make the process better, whether you know them or not, whether you've worked with them or not, if you would happily take that call, Tell everybody in this room right now by stand, literally standing up and cheering for them to encourage them to make that call. So this, yeah, this is where you do it. See, this is the dramatic ending. Yes. Thanks, folks. Thank you. That was the lunch cast. Thank you so much. right there on the table. Yeah. Well, here we are at the end of another summer session. Man, those were great interview slash interviews. Interviews upon interviews on top of interviews. You know, just yes, saying that Sage. does give a teaser for the fourth episode of the summer session, but we can't go, we can't go any further. I've I've said too much. I've said too much. You've said too much. You've said too much. So let's just get out of the way here yes. um, and wrap up this episode. But we will have season six season debuting this six. fall. Yes. Mm -hmm. If this podcast was a child, it would be in first grade. If also every year was only six months. <laughs> but yes, yeah, season six is coming. Uh, again, I don't want to spoil the theme, but we have another themed or season coming um, that I think will be fundamentally helpful. I agree. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's actually going to be very useful given the time of year. And probably we're hoping we'll continue on and be something that folks can go back and listen to. So anyway, I think that's enough of us teasing season six and teasing the fourth episode and so as always i'm nathan i'm Tej, and that was the lunch cast thanks folks But no, at 2.30, I think I gave up on falling asleep naturally. And I was like, I, I need to burn off some energy. So it's 2.30 in the morning. It's dark. It's snowing because it's March in the Midwest. And right. I, I just put on my walking shoes and just started traipsing through downtown Toledo in the middle of the night. It's not as beautiful as you might think at 3 a.m. <laughs> it's 
especially through like rabid, like, you know, caffeine eyes. Like, I'm sure oh. you were like seeing all kinds of figures that you never thought you actually saw. And listen, I, I was one of the few people out moving around because it's not like there's an active night scene down there that I, at least that right. I could find. Um, not, that I, what? not that I really? was searching for. I wasn't searching for the night scene. Sure. I just didn't find one. 